we have to prioritize our, our health. We have to, or else we'll be snatched out of here before our time, you know, and that just isn't okay. We have to, have to, have to, you know, even if it's just, you know, a handful of minutes, you know, even if it's just, you know, I'm going to, you know, do a 15 minute walk. I'm going to get up in the morning and walk. I'm going to get up in the morning and do some sit-ups and push-ups and jumping jacks, or I'm going to turn on, you know, four of my favorite songs and just move, you know, I'm going to make up my own thing and just like blast the music. I'm going to have four songs on, you know, and what if it's four or five minute songs and you're at 20 minutes and you're just doing whatever you can think of in that time. I'm just going to, you know, set a goal not to stop moving, you know, whilst this song is on, even if I'm just jumping and something. Welcome to another episode of the Anonymous There podcast. It is great to have you here today. On this episode, I have Angela Manuel Davis, who is an international fitness evangelist and motivational coach. She was a member of the USA track and field team, a five-time All-American, and a professional runner for Nike. Angela went on to create LA's most in-demand group cycle class. She's trained cultural forces such as Beyonce, Jay-Z, David Beckham, Kerry Washington, and many, many more. She was also featured on Oprah Winfrey's Live the Life You Want and Oprah's 2020 Vision Tour. In this episode, we get into the importance of movement, how she found her voice, why we have to make time to take care of ourselves, and something that I love, which I need help with desperately, is how to get my kids moving, how to get your kids moving more. And uh, she gives some very valuable insights in this episode on just how to do that and a tip that will hopefully blow you away and something that blew me away and I started implementing. As always, please subscribe or follow, but for now, kick back or better yet, throw on some shoes and get moving while you enjoy this episode with Angela Manuel Davis. Welcome, Angela, to the Not Almost There podcast. It's great to have you here today. I feel so honored. Oh, thank you for having me. I feel honored that you asked me to be a part. I When I watch your videos, I get super pumped up and anything I'm doing, I feel like just lifting weights and going harder. I love what you say when you talk about motivation through movement. Can you explain yeah. what that means to you? Well, for me, you know, I was born into an athletic family. You know, we were just offline talking about my father and talking about, you know, our mutual roots in Chicago. And he, at one point, was the manager of the Chicago White Sox. But, you know, he was an extraordinary athlete. He was drafted out of high school to play pro ball. Um, he had over 220 full-ride scholarship offers but chose to play professional baseball out of high school. And so, you know, being the oldest of four children, we were all athletes. And, um, you know, the athleticism, which I consider movement, you know, whether or not it's being a professional athlete or not, um, you know, there is a saying that says we're all athletes. And, and what that is, is, you know, being someone that moves. You know, if you move your body, have a body, you're an athlete. Um, and so movement for motivation for me is simply whatever type of movement it is, that being the vehicle 
you know, so I like to offer a challenging workout. I like to offer something that is, you know, is physically going to really put a demand on you. And in those moments, what I love the most is that it almost feels like you're being cracked open a little bit and it's a perfect opportunity to pour in motivation. It's a perfect opportunity to pour in encouragement and inspiration and do some rewiring so that you can leave the experience a different version of yourself than what entered. And that's my philosophy. Did, did you have a mentor or how did you initially learn kind of that technique to push people to do more? Because that's what I... That's what I really get out of you when I watch your workouts. It's you take Thank people you. to that next level. Thank you. Um, you know, I, again, I, I mean, I, I, I think I go back to my dad a lot, but he really was someone for, for me that I looked up to and aspired you know, to be like when he was managing the Chicago White Sox in 2000, he was manager of the year. You know, he was, in my opinion, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. And when I would sit down and pick his brain about being a manager and having these Hall of Fame athletes that he is is managing and coaching, and I would ask him, I, I'd say, Dad, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you how do you get them to be great and to want to be great? And he told me, he explained to me, he said, for me, it is just as important that the man and the father and the husband, the partner, the brother, the son is just as great as the athlete. So my dad was the first one that, that made this bigger connection to physicality. And he, what that demonstrated to me was that baseball was the vehicle for him and his athletes and and baseball was the way for him to instill these life principles and you know give him an opportunity to really pour in his inspiration and encouragement and motivation and it did this rewiring and it, and it did something to the moral compass of the athlete and to me that was so fascinating that and I would see it I would see how he was able to push his athletes and able to at the same time connect these life principles to it. And so I realized that there was a bigger opportunity than just being a fitness trainer or being a a fitness coach. There was a bigger opportunity than just going after, you know, physicality, that literally it was an opportunity to encourage someone to live their best life. And, and, and for me, once that light bulb moment happened, that was like the greatest privilege and the greatest honor is to literally coach someone to, to put a demand on their potential, to coach someone to be the highest expression of themselves. And, um, and again, going back to what I said you know, earlier, the physicality is simply the vehicle. Um, I don't know if I answered your yeah, question. you definitely did. Do you remember the first time you were you were coaching or you were leading a class and how you you brought that into it and was it a point where you were nervous or you knew exactly what you wanted to to do and how you wanted to be different so nervous um so what was what was starting to happen is that 
I would be in a, a training moment where I was coaching and, um, you know, encouraging. And it, it started for me, you know, after I, as I actually, I was going to say as I retired, but bef- while I was running track professionally, I was run- I was a Nike athlete. I was running track professionally for a while and um, was training for the Olympics, ended up at one point in the top 25 in the world at 100 meters. And um, I fell short of making the Olympic team. Uh, I made it as far as the semifinals at the trials and ended up like hundreds of a second away from making the team and, and was devastated. But during that time is when I started coaching track and field in Chicago, uh, in a suburb in Chicago, uh, as I was training for the Olympics. And um, so there's when I started making, you know, this, this, uh, connection as well. Cause I was at that time, my dad was managing the white Sox, and I was really starting to like pick his brain as a coach. And that's kind of where that all started to, to, you know, be, you know, kind of form in me in a different way. And, you know, so I took it with me, took it with me, took it with me, took it with me. Fast forward years later, I am coaching cycle and, you know, I'm have this cycle class in full, you know, big crowded sold out room. And all of a sudden, I'm having this urge, as I'm encouraging, I'm having this urge to say things that I've never heard said before in a workout situation. And, and I would just kind of suppress it and just say, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to speak to that. That's not appropriate for this time. And I would just kind of like suppress it and, and, you know, go on about my business. And I'll never forget the more I did that, the worse I felt. And I finally got to a point where it didn't matter because I felt so bad not saying it. I almost felt like, I don't know, it was just almost like this sick feeling to my stomach, like, ah, I missed an opportunity or, ah, like I kind of felt like I failed myself or, ah, I felt like fear won. And so it was just beginning to build up, build up, build up. And finally, I got to the point where I was like, I don't care if people think I'm crazy. I don't think people, you know, don't come back to my class. I can't live with the weight of this and and not do right by what I'm feeling like I'm being led to say. And so I just started to go for it. And I just really opened up my heart in a different way and and, um, you know, opened up, you know, my conversation that I, you know, carry on in the room in, in a different way. And um, that was probably maybe 12 years ago. What's crazy about that story, and I got chills when you were saying it, because that's what you see today. You were the pioneer of that, I believe, you. because, you know, you turn on Peloton or you're in a soul cycle class or a lot of fitness related workouts have that kind of inspirational element to them that is far different than what it used to yeah. be. Yeah. And that really started from your I, heart, it thank sounds you. like. Yeah. Thank you. I I agree. Like, I don't remember ever, ever seeing it or experiencing it like I do it um, until I started doing it. And I am 
proud to feel like I did pioneer this different, um, you know, this deeper, more intentional uh, coaching that I think is important. You know, for me, I'm in my 40s. I'm a mom. I'm no longer a professional athlete. And if you're trying to coach me and inspire me and you're talking about my butt and my abs, I'm not motivated. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're not doing anything for me, you know. But if you're talking about you know, how can, how can, how can you get strong enough, Angela, to live the life that you were called, created and intended to live? How can you stay strong enough in your mind and in your body to continue to do your life? How can you stay strong enough in your body to continue to live a purpose driven life full of intention that is impactful and meaningful? Now we're having a different conversation. Now I'll run through a brick wall. You know what I mean? But, and I just think, I would love to see a bigger change. You know, I would love for the for the fitness industry not to be so driven by aesthetics, but to to really be driven by the fact that understanding our body is what houses the gift. Every single one of us, you know, our actual physical body is what houses the gift and how do we each individually get strong enough in our body? to live the life that we were intended to live. That's going to look different for everyone. The aesthetics of that will look different for everyone, you know, but it's, and it's not even an aesthetic driven mission. It's really just how do I, how am I strong enough in my body, you know, to do my life? And if that can be what we, what we work for and strive for, um, I think, you know, we'd be healthier and happier and, and, you know, really live in a different world you know, that, that felt more intentional. Which is, in other words, finding your why, not your, not your what, right? When yeah. I think about the what, it's the aesthetics, it's the, hey, I want to change this, I want to get ripped because I could go to the beach or on vacation, but that doesn't last long. Yeah. You know, the, it's the why. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I personally am motivated because I had heart issues when I was younger and I had a, a family with heart disease and, I don't want to be a victim. So you got to play offense in your life. So my why is I want to be around for my kids and I want to be an inspiration to them. That's right. To bring that into a workout into, especially 12 years ago when, you know, that wasn't even something people thought about. I think that that was incredibly, um, just, just an incredible effort and an incredible idea that pioneered where we're at today. Thank you. And, Thank you. With, with that, I know you talk a ton about gratitude. Mm-hmm. Did that also come into play from, from your father? Or does that something you also developed as you started doing these classes and realized what you were, you were, as I'm imagining, it was probably a mixture of both. But as you were teaching these classes and you felt the feedback, you probably felt a sense of gratitude because it was pushing you more. No, for sure. Um, but I'd have to give that gratitude nod um, to my mom, you know, like I, you know, I, I had really good parents and I'm, and I'm blessed, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't feel like, um, you know, sometimes it's so funny because I, I was, I've been writing a book for a while and, um, and uh, I'm writing, I'm having someone help me like 
I, cause I can just like go off yeah. and I can have these like moments where I just like, you know, download, like just go off. And so I have someone that's helping me put it together, you know, put it like, put it together. And, um, I remember in that process, she was like, um, you know, like you're talking a lot about how great your family is and that could be hard for people who it it was a different situation for them and you may not be as relatable. There's 800 other horrible things that I've gone through in my life to bring me to this point. There are a million other heartbreaks and heartaches and um, moments where I didn't want to live, moments where I didn't think I could go on, moments where I was suffocated by depression, moments where I didn't make the Olympic team and didn't, you know, understand how to even move forward past that. There were moments where, you know, I'm on my second marriage. There were moments where I, you know, had a divorce and was completely ashamed and felt like I, you know, was embarrassing my family and my parents who have been, you know, high school sweethearts and are still married to this day. But I've gone through a, 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 a number of other, and I'm not going to say it all here because that's not what this is, but I don't have the story where I had a rough childhood and now I'm this person. I don't have that story. I had a beautiful childhood and, and amazing parents and they instilled amazing principles and values. And, um, you know, they are the pillar of, of all of my siblings of, of our, you know, how we even raise our children. Now there's so much that we take from what we learn from my parents. And so saying all that to say the gratitude piece for sure came from my mom. Um, you know, there were times in our life where, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money and my parents really were able to posture us in a way where we were so grateful for what we did have. Like we were so grateful for what we had and it was the way they postured it and they were able to do that. And I'm still trying to figure out how to do that with my own kids. But gratitude is the gateway to everything else. Like I, I, I can't even, you know, I can't even press for something else or fight for something else. You know, if I'm in the room and I'm, and I'm coaching my athletes to, you know, fight for their greatness and, and put a demand on their potential and da, 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 and every, and anything that you could ever be fighting for in your life. If I'm not already grateful for what I have, I haven't even created the space for what I'm fighting for. Like gratitude is a prerequisite. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it's a prerequisite. You know, I can't, um, this is a shallow experience, but I can't, you know, you know, be hoping and like trying to get my family into a bigger house if I can't be grateful for my little house. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't work. Like, like gratitude is key and it unlocks the door of everything else, you know? So, and of course there is a, there, there is always this gratitude to my athletes. And, um, I call my, any 
any student or any, you know, an athlete, I, I call everyone an athlete. Um, but there is a tremendous amount of gratitude. You know, you asked if, if that was part of it, but of course, you know, it's so reciprocal. It is, it is not just me giving, but it is, it is them giving back to the experience and giving back to the room. And energetically, it's just this give and take, give and take. So of course there is tremendous gratitude. There's tremendous gratitude that after all these years, you know, I could, leave where I was, you know, and start my own. And, you know, there's still, you know, be people that want to hear what I have to say and want to be a part of, you know, the movement and, and what we're doing at Army. So there's so much gratitude always, you know, gratitude is, is I, I open my eyes in the morning and the first thing out of my mouth is thank you. And that's been a habit of mine for, I don't even know how many years, but I learned a long time ago, that not everybody woke up today. Not everybody was on the wake up list. And if we are on the wake up list, if we woke up, if we can pop our eyes open and we're awake and we're up, thank you. Thank you. I'm up. I, I get to see another day, you know, and that gratitude really, you know, and spending for me, it's spending my first moments of, you know, when I'm awake in gratitude. But that really is what drives my day and what and what I start every day with and I have for years and years and years now. I was going to ask about that your your day and people that hear this sounds unbelievable. How can people take that principle that's been so successful for you and apply it to their own life? What questions would you ask yourself? How do you start your day? What's that ritual like? Well, I think, I don't remember if we were already recording or not when you were talking about um, your why versus your what and that your what, um, that your why, excuse me, was, you know, you come from a family with heart disease and, um, you know, really wanting to, to stay fit and stay strong enough in your body to be around for your children. And so um, how I choose gratitude and how I can um, coach gratitude is by shifting the perspective of life isn't happening to me, but for me. Because when we think life is happening to us, we're a victim. But when we think life is happening for us, we're victorious. And so even in the challenge, even in the struggle, even in the breakup, even in the heartache, even in the setback, even in the letdown, there is something in it that is happening for you, that is posturing you for what is in front of you. There's just things that we have to go through to get to where we're going. And that's just what it is. We're going to have to go through this to get to that. And so it's just a shift in perspective. Like, and in that way, even when the challenge comes to you, even when the heartbreak comes to you, you could say to yourself, I'm grateful for how this is going to make me better. I'm grateful for how this is going to make me stronger. 
I'm grateful for how, um, you know, I, I like to imagine things stretching me. I like to imagine, you know, things, um, you know, I, I, I love the saying, um, you know, God doesn't give you any more than you can handle. Like, I love the idea of, of thinking that I can handle a lot. Wow. Like, if I'm actually going through all of this, that means that I can actually handle a lot. And that is a compliment to me that I can actually handle all of this that I'm going through and make it through on the other side, a better version of myself. Like that's actually a compliment. And so it's just a shift in perspective. Like either we look through the lens of victim or we look through the lens of victory and it's our choice. It's actually what we choose. And so, you know, I, I love, I love that saying we make choices every day. And by the end of the day, we are the total sum of our choices. What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? I'm going to choose to be grateful. I'm going to choose to wake up and be grateful. I'm going to choose to search my situation and search my circumstances and pull out all the things that I can be grateful for and obsess over those things. Those are the things I'm going to obsess over. Of course, I could obsess over the things that aren't going my way. Of course, I could obsess over the things that I don't love. Of course, I could obsess over the things that I don't like. Of course, I could obsess about the things that I'm upset about and that irritated me. Of course, I can. But I'm going to choose to obsess over the other things, the good things, and stay in a posture of gratitude. I'm going to choose that because I understand I have somewhere to go. I have things to do, and I can't stay triggered by disappointment and frustration and anxiety and irritation and get to where I'm going. I don't even, I can't even do that. I don't even have time to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and partner with where I'm going. I'm going to go ahead and partner with my intention. I'm going to go ahead and partner with my dreams. I'm going to go ahead and partner with my goals and continue to move forward. I'm not going to cheat on my future with my past. I'm not going to just stay back here. Why am I still back here? Why am I still why why am I still like obsessing over what already happened? Like I need to got to move on. Got to go. I have stuff to do. You know, I, I want to live. I'm, I'm obsessed with living my life and at the end of it, knowing that I did all I could, that I did all I was supposed to do. You know, I just heard something. My brother-in-law came over last night with my sister. They just had a new baby. And he, he was like, you know, my family will get together and we'll be like dropping like, you know, like little nuggets and gems. And he's like, you know, he shared something with me last night and he said he had just heard something that said, um, failure, something like failure isn't the worst. Like what's the worst is at the end of your life, realizing that you weren't on empty, realizing you didn't give it all. Failure's not the worst getting to the end of your life and realizing I didn't even give it all. Right. I didn't even give it my all. I think that's very profound. And you've created this amazing company that I want to get into now called Army. And I highly encourage everyone to, to check it out. And I want to get into the promo and we'll link everything in, into the show notes. But I know that you had to do a pivot during COVID and you had two studios. I think it was yeah. two, two in uh, yeah. New York and LA. Yeah. How did you handle that? Because obviously a lot of the listeners have been affected 
uh, you know, during this, this pandemic. And I love how you pivoted and I've loved what you created. And what I found is even though there is some pain in some of this switching of, of our plans are changing. Um, when you connect those dots later, I think you're going to start to see something. What, what happened there and how has that affected you now? Well, uh, thank you. Uh, I am super proud of army. Um, it's a A R M Y and super proud of my partners, Trey and Akin. And, you know, we opened the doors of our New York location in September of 2019. And in January of 2020, we opened the doors of our LA location. And by March of 2020, we were shut down. It actually marks a year today where we closed our doors one year ago. Um, and you know, for us, we closed our doors on a Friday. And by Saturday, we were on Instagram Live. We were the first ones to do it. We were on Instagram Live giving away free classes, free workouts, free practices for 150 days straight. We immediately programmed a schedule that was coming out of, you know, New York and coming out of Los Angeles. And for 150 days straight, we just went for it. And we went for it all while building out our digital app. We had every intention to always be a digital company, a digital brand, and to really have a um, global fitness brand. That was always the heartbeat of who we were and at the ethos of us even having this partnership. But COVID fast forwarded that. And, um, you know, that was the silver lining for us is that we were able to then launch our digital business in September of 2020. So sh shut the doors down in March. Digital business is up and running and launched um, digital platform in September of 2020. And so here we are and we offer on our app, we offer cycle practices, we offer boot camp, we offer stretch. I do Monday motivation. Uh, we're rolling out a new thing called jump starts, which are these shorter 20 minute, um, you know, boot camp type movement sessions. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're, we're really, really, really proud of it. And even if you don't have a bike, a lot of people, you know, will put their earphones in and go on a walk or go on a hike or go on a run or lift and listen to cycle practice just because they want the message and they want the motivation. And it actually doesn't even matter what the workout is. They just want the message and, and want to, you know, move in whatever capacity they can move in. And so that's something we're proud of too, is that it's for all levels, for all people, um, for anybody, anywhere. Um, we just really have a passion to coach people to live their best life, whatever that looks like. Like we are here for you and we will coach you to that and count it an honor that you would even consider us your coach. So, and you're offering a free trial for that, right? For 30 days as well. Yeah. So, well, exactly. Well, actually you get a month free. So the new members get like a month free. Um, but yes, we are, we're proud of it. It's, you know, um, something where 
it's content that you're just not going to see, you know, like I have a, a guy, my camera guy, I teach my, you know, for all of your listeners, I teach my cycle class on the floor and I have someone else on the bike. And so, you know, I'm all over the room dancing and grooving and, you know, throwing out inspo and motivation and, you know, just the way it's shot. It's, you know, for us, it was something where everything had to have this level of excellence, you know, like, um, the content has to be beautiful and strong and, you know, the workouts have to be, um, strong and, and sensible, but, you know, all of it has this through line where we're really proud of it, you know, and we've really, you know, put a lot of blood, sweat and tears in it. So you guys try it, you get a month free. I feel like you will love it. And what I always say to people is, give the gift to community. You know, we also offer live Zoom classes where, you know, people are starting to know each other and have become friends in this pandemic, have never met each other, but people all over the world are now connecting and friends. Give the gift to community. You know, I always say this is like one of the most extraordinary moments in human history, and we have been chosen to be here at this time. And it's because we can handle it, you know, but it's been hard for a lot of us, but we're not, we don't have to go through it together. You know, every single person on this planet is going through the same thing. If one thing brings us together, it's a common enemy and we're all fighting this pandemic. And so give each other the gift of community and do something with the people you love, like stay strong enough in your body so that we can get out of this um, and do what we need to do. I have a random question on that. The community aspect and just accountability in general. Do you work out with your husband? (laughs) I mean it's so funny I try he he just he has no mercy he has no mercy on me I try it's so funny I try to get him he's all of our coach like he's actually the head coach of the family he trains my boys and I I try to let him train me, but I'm a little bit stubborn and probably not as coachable as I should be. But um, he's the best. I mean, he's, you know, he has a world championship gold medal. Like he's just, I don't even know anybody that like goes as hard as him. He is just like next level. And so I want him to be nicer to me than he is during our workout. So I don't work out with him as much as <laughs> I should. Was there, I know you had, you had trained once Jay-Z and Beyonce. Did you see any, any uh, sort of competitiveness amongst them or other couples over the years? They are, they are just, they are each other's cheerleader. It's actually quite sweet. It's actually really precious. So, you know, she, um, they both inspire like the entire room when they're, when they're training with us, but no, they, they are, they actually cheer each other on, you know, you can hear them like, you know, going for it. So it's good. That's, that's great. I work out with my wife every, every morning and I find it extremely important to have an accountability partner and we're, we're fairly at the same level. We do mostly weights and I'll, I'll do some running, uh, outside of that and some martial arts, but she's, uh, every morning at five 30, she's, 
she's more of a morning person. So I walk down the stairs, I'm all disheveled and I just grab a coffee and she's just, yeah. she's just blabbing away our, you know, our trainers here. In it to win it. Yeah. And it's, and it's, yeah. it's great though. So I, I talk a lot about the importance of an accountability and a, finding a partner. Do you, it is do you find that? So, yeah. Absolutely. No, it's important. It's totally important. I feel like I am, you know, almost all of my athletes accountability partner. Um, but uh, accountability is, is it's important. And I feel like, um, you know, kind of when you break down the word, you're accounting to your own ability. So even when you don't have that person, there is something within you where, you know, I do like to train, you know, my athletes to be able to account to their own ability, regardless of, you know, if your wife happens to be out of town and you're doing that session on your own, how do you still walk down there and account to your own ability and choose to put something on it? But it is important. It is important. And, you know, that accountability, even outside of outside of just the training aspect, just in life, you know, I feel like it's important to have people in your life, you know, that really speak to your gifts and talents and hold you to a higher standard. You know, friends don't let friends settle. You know, I have people in my life that are really, really tough on me in the best way in the best way and and do not let me settle and continue to to push me and to and to you know help me push myself and really you know truth be told my husband is that person to me in my life in my life you know i remember battling severe postpartum depression and being on the couch and just like you know, nursing one of the, one of my sons and just like feeling so overwhelmed with this depression. Like I, like I couldn't even physically get up off the couch. It was so heavy on me. And he came in one day and he said, you are an encourager. He said, I, I just left the yoga and spin studio down the street. I talked to the owner. She is waiting on you. And by four o'clock that day, I had taken my first spin class and that moment changed my life. It was that moment where my husband had to encourage me. Me, the encourager, battling postpartum depression, needed my husband to look at me and say, it's time to get up. And he looked at me and he said, you are an encourager and the world is waiting on you. And he, he helped me get it together. He helped me get it together. And so um, we do need that accountability. We need people in our life that are going to hold us to a higher standard. We do need people in our life that are going to put up that mirror of possibilities and say, you can do this. You can do your life. You can do hard things. You know, you need people in your life that are going to hold your hands up when you feel like you can or people in your life that are going to row your boat when you don't feel like you can even row your boat. Like we need that. Accountability is key. It's key. I I got to know this answer or what your thoughts are on this. <laughs> so many times when I talk about health and fitness, cause I went through a journey when I, when I was very unhealthy and I put everything first aside from my health and I've seen the changes that it's, it's done for me and just how you feel and how you can interact with people and the gratitude side. And there's so many benefits to it. I, you're the last person I need to tell this to, but 
when I talk mm-hmm. to people and, and I say, just do something, do what you can do. It's, I find mm-hmm. it really challenging to hear back. I just don't have the time. You have mm-hmm. to hear that from people. Like when people say that to you, what do you mm-hmm. say back to them? Or what, what advice would you give? You have to make the time. You make the time. You make the time. It's like saying, I don't have time to sleep. I don't have time to eat. Um, I don't have time to shower. I don't have time to brush my teeth. I don't have time to go to the bathroom. You know, it's, it, 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 that's where it needs to be placed at that level of priority, at that level of importance. Um, it's, it's, it has to be prioritized. You know, if, if we don't have time for it when we don't prioritize it, but we have to prioritize our, our health. We have to, or else we'll be snatched out of here before our time, you know, and that just isn't okay. We have to, have to, have to, you know, even if it's just, you know, a handful of minutes, you know, even if it's just, you know, I'm going to, you know, do a 15 minute walk. I'm going to get up in the morning and walk. I'm going to get up in the morning and do some sit-ups and push-ups and jumping jacks, or I'm going to turn on, you know, four of my favorite songs and just move, you know, I'm going to make up my own thing and just like blast the music. I'm going to have four songs on, you know, and what if it's four or five minute songs and you're at 20 minutes and you're just doing whatever you can think of in that time. I'm just going to, you know, set a goal not to stop moving, you know, while this song is on, even if I'm just jumping and something, something, prioritize it. You have to prioritize it. But I do hear that often. And, um, you know, that's with, with anything that you, you, you want to change you know, you, you have to make it a priority. No one's going to hand us our best life. No one's going to hand us our best body. No one's going to hand us success. No one's going to hand us the mountaintop. It just doesn't work like that. No one's going to hand us greatness. It just doesn't work like that. You're gonna have to put something on it. Period. That's great advice. I have a dad question on that now. How do I get my kids motivated to get off their devices and uh, and get out there and work out. We do a family workout, but I see what's happening now is they're doing they're less active because they're behind the, the Zoom computers all sure. day long. Sure. I have my um, if anyone goes to my Instagram, it's Angela Manuel Davis. And I don't know when you're gonna air this, but it'll be a post and I'm in a red hat and I'm giving my 11 year old an entire kind of motivational moment where I'm just coaching him and talking to him. Um, I'm in the cycle room, but I brought his frustration into the room because he's struggling with his weight. He's, uh, an, an amazing baseball player, an amazing chef. And during COVID he, put on uh, some extra weight and is super frustrated. And at 11 years old is coming to me saying, you know, I don't like looking at pictures, you know, from when I was younger because I feel disappointed in myself. That's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. Um, You know, my husband and I are both professional athletes. My 14-year-old is an extraordinary athlete. And he is an extraordinary athlete, but he did gain some weight. And so, yes, we have, have, you know, experienced this shift 
where COVID has had us, you know, in our homes and, and wherever we live in a different way. And, you know, maybe some of us have eaten our way through this pandemic. Um, and so what I try to implement with my kids is the equal amount of time that you choose to be on the device. I only give them an hour and a half, but uh, two hours at the most. We need that in physical activity a day. Yeah. So we just, you know, and on days where if it's a weekend and, you know, and, 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 and the, the video games have turned into a sense of community for them because they haven't been in school and they're able to talk to their friends and you don't want to deny that or not give them that. And early on, you know, I remember where I just recently, we had to give this new time because it just was too much. It was just like, there's no way that this is what you're going to do with your days and your life. Like this isn't going to happen. So we definitely had to, you know, kind of, put some new rules in place around the video games, but it was a sense of community. So I remember early on in the pandemic and early on, uh, we did allow it to go on much longer because they were talking to their friends and, you know, and you wanted that for them. But if it has now become a detriment or has, you know, has, you know, kind of bled into other areas and, and taken away time where they really need to be focused on other things, you know, we got to bring that balance in. And so that's where we are. So that's what I would do. And then with the kids, what I love to do, what I said earlier is, you know, we're a big music family. So we'll just put music on and we'll just like get hype. You know, we'll just be around here getting hype. And the next thing you know, like my kids are sweating and it's fun. (laughs) Like we'll just dance around (laughs) and jump around, but we work them out. We work, put, you know, make the little obstacle courses outside and, you know, do the stuff, but it's just like working out with them and keeping it fun and keeping it light and keeping it interesting and, um, trying to find different ways to, you know, keep them moving and give them a different understanding of why it's important to move. You are moving to stay strong enough in your body so that you can live your long life. You want to live your long life. Like, let's stay strong and really shift it for them and explain to them the importance of it and why it matters. That's great advice. I'm going to take that, whatever I see on their Apple devices in terms of their usage and make them work out. That's right. Yeah, that's right on. That's right. Uh, as we wrap up, yeah. I have a few speed questions for you. Is that all right? Okay. Okay. This will be fun. <laughs> all right. Who inspires you outside of your family? Ooh, outside of my family. Jay-Z. Nice. What book would you recommend if you had to pick one? Grit. Grit. Angela Duckworth. Grit. Nice. Yeah. Your favorite place in Chicago to to visit? Ooh. Um, uh, uh, that's hard. Do you have a favorite Chicago memory? Um... I mean, my parents were in the suburbs of Chicago, but I think I just loved that drive, that Lakeshore drive. Like I loved 
when there wasn't much traffic and, you know, even sometimes at night, even coming from the suburbs back into the city, I lived in the city. I just loved that, that commute on Lakeshore drive. Yeah. I love that too. It's a, it's amazing. What is your favorite unimportant thing to do? Your favorite unimportant thing to do? Discover new artsy random movies or TV shows. Do you do that through Netflix or? Yeah. Got it. Netflix, um, Hulu, Amazon Prime, all of it. COVID has really introduced me to some good, weird television. Have you watched? I love it. <laughs> have you seen on Hulu In and of Itself by Derek Delgadio? No, do I need oh, to? Oh, you need to watch that. In and of Itself. Is it a movie it's a, or a show? It's a play that was in New York City, and it's this experiential. I'm putting it in my phone so I don't forget. Yeah, in and of Itself. It was this experiential play in New York City, and the show is very introspective. I think you would love it. And he wrote, uh, okay. he had since wrote a book called A Moral Man. Um, just very, very interesting, very different, but I think you'd like it. Okay, yeah. cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it, you are incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending Thank time you. with me. I, hopefully I can get a workout in with you in person at some point. I would love that. I would love but that. You're, you're just such an inspiration doing so many amazing things. And I just, I can't thank you enough for spending the time with me and the audience and giving these, giving these tips. And I highly encourage everyone to go to army, um, get the 30 day trial. And I can attest to it's that's right. Download the app. That's right. It, you will not regret it. I promise you like you, you, you won't regret it. It's, it's $35 a month and there's tons of workouts that are, you know, we upload every single day and you just won't regret it. Like you'll really be encouraged and inspired. Um, I, I believe that. I believe that. And, and I can attest to how beautiful it is too. So you have a very good eye for Thank detail you. and music and inspiration. And it's all of those things combined that, that really make it well, well worth it. So th thank you for everything you're doing thank in the you. world and, and just being a great human being. And you too. Thank you for everything you're doing in the world. Thank you. And thank you for having me. This was beautiful. You're very welcome. See you guys. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Anonymous Third Podcast. I'd like to give a huge shout out to Angela Davis. What an amazing individual. So inspirational. And Nick Statina as well, my audio engineer. My big takeaway from this episode was... Do not let your voice be muffled from fear. And also don't cheat on your future with your past. I just love those words and the thinking that if we don't make time to take care of ourselves, we will be snatched, as Angela puts it, before our time. Also, love what she does with her kids and definitely going to put that into practice. I just love the tip of looking at the screen time and then matching that with fitness time. It just makes so much sense to me. There's so many more takeaways, but I wonder what yours are. Please leave a comment and let me know. Please subscribe or follow if you haven't already. And thank you very much again for tuning in. Remember, you, me, we are not almost there.
See you next week.